Hello everyone, it's your girl Teresa, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby Podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I'm going to read a poem from my book of poetry, and the book of poetry is entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. If you are interested in purchasing your own copy of A Strong Will Mind, please check out my website at IamTeresaReese.com. So the name of the poem on tonight is Try Him. Here we go. Has it gotten bad enough for you yet? You know, the sad life that you're living. You feel like you have nothing else to give. You don't even know if you're coming or going. It's kind of scary, right? To live a fearful and wayward life, not doing anything worth your while, feeling like you have no reason to smile. Every time you look around, something else is going down. The rent is due, your car note is late, no source of income in the bank. You have no clue of where to turn at all. Your phone is off, so who can you call? You want to believe that you're through because you feel like no one loves you. This is a lie that the devil plants. He tries to get inside your head through circumstances. But there is a greater source I know. Who through it all won't let you go? That's the answer I'd recommend. He is God Almighty. You can confide in him. He is an ever-present help in your time of trouble. His name is Jesus. Try him and let him work things out for you. So tonight, I just wanted to talk. I do a lot of that, I know. So tonight is no different. (laughs) And so um, I've had so many thoughts running through my mind in terms of the different discussions that would be great to have on this podcast. And one of them being, what do you do while you wait? Because I know that a lot of times when we are waiting for our purpose partner to manifest in our lives, we can get very antsy. And we may pick up a hobby, and when we're picking up that hobby, that hobby may last for yet a season. But eventually, it's like, okay, Lord, now, you know, I'm looking at day 65, and ain't nobody calling my number. What is going on? Or, okay, Lord, I fasted and prayed for a whole week, and not seeing anything changing. Or, you know, Lord... I have read the Bible from beginning to end and nothing, nothing at all. I'm still waiting. And so what do we do while we wait for our purpose partner? Are we putting a condition on the wait? In our minds, are we making it seem as if, well, if I do X, Y, and Z, then surely God will hear me? Or are we surrendering the desire completely over to him 
and trusting that his time is truly perfect. A lot of times when I'm looking over some of the choices that I've made in my life and I realize had I just waited that there's a reason why be anxious for nothing but in all things through prayer and supplication make your request known unto God. There's a reason why that scripture is in the Bible. There's a reason why they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They will mount up wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And I might be paraphrasing, but you get the gist of it. Look it up. It's between Genesis and Revelations, according to (laughs) what Nikita B says. So, literally, do we put a condition on our waiting season? Well, God, if I stay abstinent for at least six months, I'm showing you that I am serious about withholding myself and waiting for my future hubby. So because I did that, are you going to send him? Or, well, Lord, you know, I cut out pork and I've been diligent with that. And I'm drinking more water. Are you going to send them? (laughs) Compromising to try to get what we want is not going to work. We cannot pimp God. Period. And so what do we do while we wait? And not necessarily, this is not necessarily just addressing when it comes to waiting for our future hubby. This has to do with waiting in general. When we have petitioned before the Lord and we have asked him for specifics, what do we do on our way? And so I've been learning how to master waiting because one of the realities that I have come to just observing other married couples is that just because the prayer is answered and my future hubby appears does not mean that every single thing that I asked for is going to manifest when he appears. There will still be work to be done. We will still have to get to know each other. There is still a process even once you meet your future spouse. And so, what do you do while you wait? Do you become antsy or do you trust the process? Do you embrace the process? And do you do it wholeheartedly and not begrudgingly? Are you cheerful about the process? Or are you like, ugh, this is taking too long? Because all of that, I believe, is going to determine when certain things manifest in our lives. And so as I'm going through this process, I'm starting to realize, okay, Lord, so I understand why I don't need to rush this process. One of the reasons why is because if I were to meet my future hubby prematurely, or if I were to start courting my future hubby prematurely and things are not they're not presented in the perfect season, 
then I may undergo more pain that could have been avoided had I not been anxious. So because I understand that waiting on you is really an act of wisdom, then that's what I am working on doing is mastering the weight. And I was talking to a dear friend of mine today and she kind of repeated it, but I thought it was cute because I said, I want to learn how to court God. And we don't hear this a lot. I've never heard it. It was dropped in my spirit. But in my courting and learning how to court God, what I mean by that is I have designated times where I converse with him. I put my ear to what it is that he desires for me. I converse in terms of how do you see me? What does the new Teresa look like? What am I going to look like, God, when the true transformation takes place and I've done all of the work and all of the pieces start to fall in line? What does that look like? I'm curious to know, like as I'm doing the homework, as I'm doing the work, as I'm learning different qualities in myself, as I'm learning who I am in you, I'm getting excited about who is this person? Like who I want to know how you see me, God. And so that's what I mean when I say courting God is like, I want the opportunity to learn who I was supposed to be before I ever intervened and started trying to do things the way other people thought that I needed to do them. The way other people thought that I should be. The more that I, I study him, the more that I, I study the relationship that I have with him, the more that I understand, like, I can pull from you. I don't have to do this on my own. I can pull from your strength. I can pull from your perception of who it is that I am in you, what my true identity is in you. And by doing so, this is where that strength comes from to weather some of the toughest storms because it's not my strength. It's not my might. It's your power. And I'm operating in that instead of my own strength and my own power, because in my own strength and in my own power, there is no way that I could get through some of the things that I'm faced with on a daily basis. But once I'm operating because I'm seeking your face and because I'm praying and because I'm counting up the cost and because I'm literally like, Lord, I cannot do this without you because I'm surrendering that to you. Not only am I learning how to court you, God, but in a sense, I'm learning how to articulate what I need in my relationship with you so that it'll be easier for me to convey that when I have a physical manifestation of a man who is made in your image right before me that was chosen for me in order for our relationship to give you the glory. If I'm already practicing how to communicate to you on the things that I need when he manifests, then I it won't be hard for me to tell him I need a hug right now. It won't be hard for me to tell him I need space right now. It won't be hard for me to tell him, look, I really don't like you right now, but I love you like crazy. I just don't agree with the choice that you made and it's making me feel a certain way. So if you could just give me about 
an hour. Let me process my emotions. Let me process my feelings so that I don't say something to you that I may one day regret. If you could just give me that time, then and I can figure out how I can represent this to you, then we will be all the better for it. Learning how to, because there's been many a times that I have been upset with God, but I was able to articulate to him why I was upset with him. I was able to let him know when I was willing to throw my hands up and didn't want to follow him any longer and why I felt that way. He wasn't intimidated by the words that came out of my mouth. Those words didn't scare him off. If anything, it allowed him to see me in my full nakedness, unashamed. And then he was able to peel back those layers and let me know, okay, I get why you're upset. But let me tell you where the blessing is in this. Let me show you where the blessing is in this. It may have hurt you, but guess what did not happen? This is how I protected you. And so this, the type of dialogue that I've created with my creator that he has reciprocated with me, when I meet my future hubby, I want us to be just as real. Because there's going to be times when I may say something to him that I may think is funny. And I get the side eye from him because he's just like, huh, you really thought that was cute? That was I did not like that. And then he may tell me, and the reason why I didn't like that is because when you said this, you took me, even though you were saying it in a joking manner, I felt like you were being condescending or I felt like you were making fun of me. And I don't like to feel made fun of. Now, if I'm laughing with you, that's one thing. But if I feel like you're laughing at me, that's something else. So Please, let's, you know, let's, let's address that. Let's work on that because I don't want to feel like that again. And I feel like that's one of the things that when it comes to relationships, like I was, I literally was observing my son's father and his wife on tonight because I hung out with them. I hung out with them and Josh tonight. And I loved how even when... <laughs> My, children, my son's father was joking with his wife. I loved how she would, it was almost like she turned into a young teenager in that moment. But she was able to tell him that wasn't nice. And then he would grab her and hug on her and kiss her on her forehead. And then they would chuckle together. But I loved how they were like anything. If he said something that did not sit well with her. She was able to art not taking away from him as a human being. She was able to communicate and articulate. That wasn't nice. And then he caught it and then he covered it. And I was like, Lord, see, these are the things that I pay attention to. I love to see how couples minister to each other. Part be partly because I don't have it all figured out. So it's like, there are the books that I'm reading in order for me to gain the knowledge and the wisdom that I believe that I'm going to need in order for me to apply it to a successful relationship eventually. I want to be able to communicate with my future husband 
And I want to be able to do it in such a way that he doesn't feel embarrassed when I'm letting him know that I didn't too much receive how he went about a certain situation and how he can cover it quickly, but vice versa. It's not going to be one-sided. We're going to be complimenting each other. And then I just wanted to get to a point where it's like eventually, because once he knows my love language and once I know his love language, then we'll be able to operate in a harmonious way to where it may appear as if the relationship is a easy relationship to be in. But I did the work before we came together. He did the work before we came together. And then we started doing the work together. And so that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm so looking forward to that. But in the meantime, in my waiting season, while I'm waiting, that's what I'm doing. I'm studying. I'm studying to show myself approved. I'm asking questions. I'm asking easy questions, hard questions, in between questions. I'm seeking God's face where he may be found. I'm inquiring. I'm studying. I'm trying to gain insight in this area. Because one thing when I look back over my life and when I look back at my previous marriage, that's one thing I didn't do. I was so gung-ho about becoming a wife, but I didn't do the work prior to becoming a wife. I just knew that I was tired of being single and that if this person didn't want to marry me, surely there was somebody on the planet that did. And I was right. (laughs) Then I got what it was I was looking for. Just a husband. Just a husband. And so now I'm more specific in my prayer because I want more than just a husband. I want my purpose partner. I want someone that is going to help. If I believe that God is showing me this is who you were meant to be before you ever got in the way, before life ever got in the way, before you ever got distracted. This is this was who you were supposed to be. The person that I believe God is going to connect me with is going to bring out a whole nother arena and um, dimension of who it is that I'm supposed to be. It's like taking me to a whole nother level. He's just going to help to make me greater. I'm just going to help to make him greater. And I do not want jealousy in that relationship. I don't want it to be where my spouse feels like he has to compete for anything. I want him to understand that he is a priority to me. I want him to understand that part of my loving him is to make sure that he's good in all areas of his life. And I want him to know that I'm his biggest cheerleader. And not just by saying it, I want my actions to align with my words. And so in my waiting season, that's what I'm choosing to do is work on me. And pay attention to my body language. Pay attention to how I react to certain situations. Not to act like if something pops up or if an emotion pops up, not to act like it doesn't exist. So one thing that that I'm learning is that I'm actually getting better with that. I'm getting better with, ooh, so you're angry right now. Or, ooh, your heart is broken. Let's deal with that. Or, oh. Look, you're smiling more today. 
So what made today different than yesterday? What did you do different? Was it what you ate? Was it, did you do your affirmations? Did you forget to do your affirmations yesterday? What is it? And just being mindful. Because if I have a great day, I want to repeat that the next day. If I have a bad day, then I want to know what took place in that day that caused me to have a bad day and do whatever I need to do to correct that so that I don't repeat that bad day a second day in a row. And so just being mindful. And part of that is because once you get married, you still have to have your sense of identity before you say I do to anyone else. You still got to be able to know how to operate as an individual before you say I do to anyone else. You don't want to bring the old wineskins in with the new wineskins in terms of having just a warped way of dealing and coping with circumstances. You want to be able to let your spouse know, look, today it was it was so, so hard at work and I don't want to take it out on you. So I'm going to take about 30 to 45 minutes to decompress. I promise you when I come back from taking my shower, rejuvenating myself and just getting my mind in the right headspace. I will provide you the best evening that you can imagine. But I just I need to shake my day off at work before I can be completely present to you. And if you would just allow me that time, honey, I promise you, you won't regret it. So this is going to conclude my podcast on tonight. But before I completely end it, I wanted to read my letter to my future hubby. It is dated February the 6th of 2021, and it reads, Dear Future Hubby, Today, Josh's dad and his wife came to Austin from Dallas to celebrate Josh's 20th birthday with him. I was invited to tag along. I was extremely excited to see my son's stepmom. We embraced one another, laughed together, and rejoiced at the thought of reconnecting. She is such a joy to be around. So sweet and kind-hearted. When we were around one another, the love my son feels and sees is genuine. Sorry, when we are around one another, the love my son feels and sees is genuine. I completely respect her and I absolutely love her energy. Who says we cannot successfully co-parent with um, our exes? This is so possible when you are dealing with mature parents. We all laughed together. We joked a lot. And we shared some words of wisdom with Josh. Last but not least, we captured the moments by taking photos together, building wonderful memories. This is what makes living amazing. Life is such a precious gift, in my opinion. It's important to notice those priceless moments. For Josh to see his mother and father getting along For Josh to see his mother and his stepmother getting along, those moments I am most certain of gives him joy. This is a child's hope that even if his parents don't make it as a couple, that they can at least exist in the same space together for the sake of their child or children. All that I do, I do mostly for my children. My ability to forgive quickly is because I have my children in mind. 
my ability to not keep account of wrongs is because I have my children in mind. And my ability to co-parent successfully is because I have my children in mind. I love my children and I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have a blessed and wonderful evening or morning, whatever it is, whatever time it is when you are listening to this podcast. Um, Please do me a huge favor. Love now and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Bye.